What's up, everybody? Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. This week's show is going to be back to the grassroots, back to just having some fun, uh, just talking wrestling. This is our Monday show. And let's get a quick program note or two. So I've been asked a lot, what are we doing for the week of WrestleMania and the week after? So that's going to be an interesting week. So here's what I'm thinking personally. Since the week of Mania, we have a two-night Mania, and we have a two-night NXT TakeOver. So here is what I'm thinking. I am thinking we do a special. I'm praying and hoping I can follow through on this, so bear with me. I'm praying and hoping that the week leading up to Mania... I will do a show that will drop on Friday. Don't have a time, but it will drop sometime on Friday. That will review the NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Both nights combined. Then the Monday show will be, and it will be later in the day. Much later in the day. Maybe even Monday night going into Tuesday. Where I review the two nights of WrestleMania in one show. We'll go through night one. We'll go through night two. Discuss it all. So that we get a week. We will not talk about AEW at all. We're going to give that shine, that rub to the WWE brand and the NXT brand. So so right now, I will finalize this idea next week. But be prepared because I'm really 90% sure that the Friday before Mania will drop a show of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver from both nights. And then the Monday show will just revolve around WrestleMania. It will make it a WWE week. And then as we get into Wednesday, we'll be more Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, but as of right now, that's what I'm thinking. So let's just go with that. But I will confirm everything next week as i believe we will hit april for the first time next week and that's the thing we still have to match it a month yeah we're gonna be busy next couple of weeks so let's just be prepared for that anyways let's get into the show uh let's start with aew as a matter of fact the pinnacle mjf challenged the inner circle had come out, and Tony Schiavone pointed out, you know they're not here. You guys decimated them. And Tony got a little carried away, obviously. Uh, almost got himself beat up. But this looks like this is going to be... We already knew this was going to be the few going forward. Um, I'm interested to see if anyone in this group holds gold. Because MJF, as of right now, has only held the Battle Bowl ring. I'm calling it a Battle Bowl ring. Um... But he's two years running. FCR is former tag team champions. But I'm interested to see if they put any type of gold on them. I would have to assume the only belt they're willing to put on MJF is the TNT title. Because Kenny Omega's run right now is just... To stop it is kind of foolish. But I'm looking forward to this feud. And I can't imagine they would get any belts around their waist. Because it feels like it's going to be 
one feud after the other between these groups. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Britt Baker, the week after having one of the best women's matches, if not the best women's match in that company's history, short history, being fair, um, cuts one hell of a promo. Um, even though this thing between her and Thunder Rosa is over, I would have to imagine she's getting that women's championship from Ashida. Uh, she decided to belt for almost a year now. I would have to assume that we're going to now build to Britt Baker getting that title and having a decent run herself. Darby Allen defeats John Silver in the main event of Dynamite. John Silver may have had a shoulder injury. I have not seen any news about that yet. Um, as far as like how severe it is, if it's even um, that having an injury, it could be a nick. You know, nicks affect things, affect people too. So um, we'll see about that. Kenny Omega in the opener defeated Matt Seidel with the one-winged angel. Hangman Adam Page won a squash match. And to me, those were the most noble things from um, this. I mean, I know QT Marshall, he's been, who's been kind of turning heel, essentially, the last several months, uh, did challenge Cody to exhibition. Cody said that this may be his best friend and that he won't hurt him. Um, I would have to imagine Cody's going to beat him in this exhibition and... QT will just turn turn full heel. There's been a lot of heel turns in AEW recently. I would have to assume this is going towards the same way. Um, but either way, a very uh, very tame show of AEW. Not a bad show, just tame, which happens, you know. Um, let's hit NXT. The NXT tag team titles were vacated due to injury. They will be. Uh, put up in a triple threat tag team match at NXT to stand and deliver for new champions. Um, this whole thing is going to be very interesting because the, 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 the title was standing tells pretty weird and stupid, but this takeover looks to be one of the strongest ever. And I wouldn't be surprised if it turns into the strongest NXT takeover ever. Uh, Escobar and Devlin, or talking about who's a real cruiserweight champion. Shawn Michaels just walks out. Suddenly walks out. Says no words. Takes a ladder. Pulls it from under the ring. Throws it in the ring. And that's how they're going to sell this thing. They're coming to see who is the new cruiserweight champion. Or the unified cruiserweight champion. Um, I will get into my predictions and stuff next week. Um, but wow. What a match that's going to be. Speaking of matches. An unsanctioned match is official. For TakeOver, you have Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, Adam Cole. It, it's going to be amazing. Even in this, it, here's how heated this feud is. William Regal, only for the second time in recent memory that I can think of, someone put their hands on him. Uh, he's trying to stop Adam Cole from going to the ring. Cole just turns around and decks him. I think the last time I think we saw Regal get hit was Dakota Kai after she turned on Tegan Knox. Um... But oh my goodness, this was just, this just adds so much to it, and I'm looking forward to this. I can't imagine, well, we'll do predictions, we'll get into that. The UK title will be defended as Walter made his return, a targeted Tommaso Ciampa, and he chopped the hell out of Ciampa, but this is going to be one hell of a match. I don't see Ciampa winning this match, but as I said last week, I don't know who beats Walter. 
I just don't like, like everyone who's he's been so dominant, and even I get it. He's had almost a year of a free reign essentially. I hate even saying that because COVID is what COVID is. We know what the pandemic has done, but I don't think they were gonna have him lose anyway. But he's on this historic reign with this championship, which I would have to assume is gonna be the honky tonk man of of UK titles. Uh, I just don't see anyone breaking it. But he's become so unbeatable, essentially. It's kind of just like, where do you go? Now he's back on regular NXT. The only person I could think would beat him, and this would have to be months down the road, because it looks like Finn Balor is never going back to the main roster, which I'm sure he's grateful for. I would have to assume Finn's going to lose that NXT championship to Karrion Cross, And then the match we never saw happen... That was supposed to happen right as the pandemic was getting at its peak. Was Finn Balor against Walter. But does that help your brand? For, for it, now it could. Because, you know, I mean, Finn Balor is not a bad hand. We, This has been one of the best NXT title runs of all time. Um, but I would just assume, I, I just assume someone younger would do it. But then again... You could take the title off Walter, get him wherever you need to. And it's the thing also, who knows what their plans are? I don't see um, the main roster using Walter very well. So I, I don't know what you do with this, but I have to imagine this, this will be a great match, a brutal match. But I just don't see Champo winning, you know, unfortunately. But and finally, a six-man gauntlet will determine who faces Johnny Gargano it will happen the first night of NXT TakeOver, Stand Deliver. Then we'll transition to the second night where Gargano will defend his North American Championship against the person. Like I said, we're going to get to predictions next week. But I have no clue who I'm going to choose for this. So We'll see. Um, let's hit Raw next. So it's official. Rhea Ripley made her WWE main roster debut and with no build, she just comes out, looks at Asuka, points to the WrestleMania sign. So two years in a row, Rhea Ripley will face the best or one of the best the main roster has to offer. And don't get me wrong, she kind of... All right, so there's no build to it, but there was no... person or persons that really stood out especially with Oscar being having a concussion Charlotte Fleur's, Charlotte Fleur's out with COVID and some some rumors I saw that I normally wouldn't even entertain them but I thought one rumor was very interesting and we'll get to that in a second because I just want I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well I have some thoughts on it myself if it's true if it's not it's kind of like whatever we know it's a rumor but I just, I'm just interested but that's the match for Mania I think I asked for this, right? Someone remind me from my my, my prediction show or what I said, what I thought was gonna happen. I could have swore this is what I wanted, but we'll see. I'll have to assume Rhea Ripley's getting that belt, but we'll see. Um, Andrade did get his full. Matter of fact, we're gonna get to it right now. F it. So, so Charlotte Flores had COVID, right? And so the one thing I was surprised about was how Andre Andrade got his release. And then it comes out that there was no 90-day compete release. 
So he just he's free to do whatever he wants immediately, which is and so there's a rumor going around. What's in one hundred percent rumor that Charlotte Flair was behind Andrade getting released. The reason I believe it is because she does have power in that company. So apparently she not only was part of him getting his release, because remember at first he was denied. Then I want to say the following. So all week long, last week or two weeks ago, it's reported that he's actually was released. It's reported he denied it and he got denied. He even confirmed that he actually was released. Then the following Monday, all of a sudden he gets released. Then he makes it known, hey, I have no 90-day compete. I can go wherever I want to right now. Very interesting. So, the report says that Charlotte Fleur was a part of him getting his 100% release, an immediate release. And according to the rumor, which this is the part I found fascinating, WWE officials said, hey, we'll do this for him if you're willing to set out WrestleMania. Now, mind you, these two are engaged to be married. And, of course, WrestleMania is your biggest check of the year, or it used to be. So, I guess they figured, hey, we'll call her bluff. If she really wants this, we'll have to see how bad because she, if she can give up a WrestleMania check. Because that means no WrestleMania check for either one of them. And according to them, according to the rumor, she said, sure, I'll start WrestleMania if you want me to. And so they couldn't say anything after that because now it's like, well, you we, call, you we called your bluff and now we got to do, put more bricks in the way, you know, walls in the way. So... I know it's just a rumor, but I just thought that was interesting that they would even, I would assume that if Charlotte Flair asked for it, they would just give it to her because she's such a huge commodity. And with no Ronda Rousey for this mania, no Becky Lynch for this mania, there's a lot of star power in that women's division that is just not there. Then Asuka was gone, and even then Asuka was very much an afterthought. Um, I, would just, I, I guess I was more interested in the fact that they even put up an argument with her about it. Because, once again, they weren't using Andrade. I know the philosophy has changed because it's kind of been like, yo, we, if you want to be here, we don't want you here. But now it's like, well, it doesn't matter. You, you, you sign a contract, you're going to stay here. But I just thought it was more fascinating that they wouldn't even allow it. But now they have. And it, and she has no match for me. She, it looks like Charlotte Flair would not be at Mania this year. She may be at the, the on, at backstage, but she won't be on the show. Um Unless something changes in the next couple of weeks. But it looks like she's out for this mania, which I can't imagine they would actually do. I would assume she's going to make some kind of appearance. But to have essentially their top woman star not be there is very interesting to me. Um, it looks like it will be a singles match. Bad Bunny versus The Miz. Obviously, John Morrison will be in The Miz's corner and Damian Priest will be in Bad Bunny's corner. They couldn't just make it a freaking tag team match and give Damian Priest a real WrestleMania debut. Not this. Because who knows what will happen by next year. He may be an afterthought in the Andrea Giant Battle Royal. Why couldn't you just give him this spotlight? Uh, uh, whatever. Let's, I'm just moving on. Randy Orton versus The Fiend is official. It just is a, right now is a regular match. I would have to assume it's going to be a Firefly Funhouse match though. Can you imagine? Well, with them having a live crowd in, I don't know how that will be received. 
last year could be received because we were just watching essentially a television show that was recorded. So you, you get what you get, but they're gonna have fans in the building. I don't know how that's gonna work, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it wasn't really a match, but a Firefly Funhouse minds battle, whatever. Air quotes, I'm doing air quotes. You can see me doing air quotes. Um, but anyways, those are my thoughts on Raw. SmackDown, I thought was really good. The thing we all knew was coming got here. Edge just snapped. Edge has not liked the fact that someone else has taken the uh, taken his lead and become an ultimate opportunist in himself. And so Edge just snapped essentially because Edge, Edge Edge is now a heel. You can't sit here and say Edge is a good guy because well Edge is getting screwed. You know, Edge did a lot of screwing over people. And the only thing Daniel Bryan is pointing out is facts. Roman points out facts too. He shouldn't have to defend his title more than one time WrestleMania weekend. But Daniel Bryan has been screwed. And Daniel Bryan had Reigns tapping at Fastlane. And Edge, who's a special enforcer, stopped it because he said, this is mine. So Edge is a heel. But the inevitable happened. We have a triple threat match that will main event the second night of Mania. Daniel Bryan, for the second time in his career... Has not won a Royal Rumble, but has managed to get in the main event of WrestleMania for a second time in his career. In the twilight of his career, essentially. And not because of Twilight because he's that good. It's Twilight because that's what he wants, clearly. But, I mean, obviously he's in there to take the fall. But, what a story for all, stick, all three men. What a story. At one point in time, they all thought they were done with professional wrestling with range you just didn't know with leukemia but for them to be doing some some great work here and edge and reigns this was awesome here edge going to Reigns saying hey we we just bar- barging into the locker room and from saying hey we need to get daniel bryan out of this thing we need to make we need to work together and make sure this is one-on-one he's trying to take our moment like he did in 2014 and it's just kind of like you see these this different dynamic, and to me, I'm looking forward more forward to the SmackDown side of things than I am the Raw side of things. Yeah, on the Raw side of things, you have Rhea Ripley and Oscar, but otherwise, I, I I don't like. To me, I would I wouldn't mind. I I would love to see Bobby Lashley defend the title. I just don't know if they're gonna keep the belt on him. So I don't know if we're gonna go from one transitional champion in the Miz to another. So I think that's my concern and why I'm not looking forward to that because I'm really thinking they're going to put that belt on McIntyre, which I would disagree with completely. But the SmackDown side of things just looks amazing. And this match right here, if people think the match between Orton, Batista, and Daniel was good, this match is going to be fantastic. And I would have to imagine we're going to have a Jey Uso running because it's a triple threat match. But this is where it had to go. There was no other spot for Brian to be in, essentially. And he's been so intertwined in this that you just had to give him the shot. But the second time in his career, he's been able to weave his way through. It just shows how good he is. It just shows how um, how important he is. And the thing that CM Punk couldn't do once, and this is not knock on Punk, but this just shows how much Brian has has had to persevere and has been lucky and has been fortunate 
And just and just every time I see something like this, I'm just kind of man. They would give one Maven CM Punk. I'm not saying we'll stay with the company, but it could things the trajectory of history could have been a little bit different. But this is so to me stuff like this is so important because I know a lot of people were looking forward to an Edge and Reigns match. I necessarily wasn't, um, but now I'm more excited. And Edge has made me more excited. Even as I've as I've discussed. Edge is not my cup of tea. I've always been a Christian guy. And by the way, Christian will have his first AEW match next week against Frankie Gazarian. Um, but he's he's won me over with this. Just the only thing that didn't make sense with him getting mad at Daniel for trying to take advantage of an opportunity that he would have done. As a matter of fact, he would have even screwed over Brian to get there. Brian hasn't really screwed him over at all. He's just been like, hey, this is just what I, what I deserve, what I want. But he's won me over to, to at least want to see him in the ring and even have a world title run. He has won me over to that because he's he just fits in. He's he's to me and the thing the thing I've always liked about him and Christian has been their styles are timeless. You see him as as a man out of time essentially, trying to fit in with the younger people, the new faces of the company, and he's running with them very well. The same way he ran with John Cena, Randy Orton, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. He fits in. So I have been won over. And I at least want to see him and Styles, him and Brian, him and Reigns one-on-one. But this is where they they need to go. And to get too many events for Brian, I'm just super happy for him. Big E gets pinned by Apollo Crews in the tag team match. Is official Cruz will get one last shot at the Intercontinental Championship. I would have to. Is it like the, this? Is like the, the third week out of four, where my humidifier just stops in the middle of me recording. That's just super weird. Anyways, um, I would have to assume Apollo Cruz is gonna, and this thing's gonna go off for more time. Just so you guys know, Apollo Cruz is gonna have to win that belt. I'll have to assume. Um, the, in the most random match of WrestleMania, in what I would like to call the WCW match, when it's just thrown together, Kevin Owens, who is a former world champion, who was just in your title picture, who had no direction, gets a one-on-one match with Sami Zayn at Mania. Why this feud has been built? Whatever. Moving on. At least he has a spot, and at least he has a solo match. He's not thrown in some multi-man ladder match for no reason. I would assume they're not going to do a ladder match mainly because NXT is going to do a ladder match just a couple days before. And I'm not saying that they're opposed to doing it, but I would assume that they're going to be intertwined somewhat to where they're not going to want to show the same type of match types, but I could be wrong. Uh, Bianca and Sasha Banks have reached a boiling point. Bianca slapped the living hell out of Sasha and Sasha sold it like great death. She she went even when she got slapped, she went down so slow. It looked like a boxer when you see him getting punched, and it just looks like everything is going in slow motion as their entire body is turning and they're hitting the ground fast. That's how Sasha sold it. This is gonna be a great match. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to this match for sure. And Cesaro made his return. As he gave the big swing to Seth Rollins, Cesaro, if I'm not mistaken, this will be his first solo match at Mania. He gets it against a great opponent, and he will get some shine. And he, he obviously signed that new contract, but 
I hope this push continues, but this looks like it is going to happen now. Solo, back. I believe it's official now. Um, and those are my thoughts on SmackDown. Uh, quick thoughts on Impact. The stage is set. Kenny Omega, Rich Swan, winner takes all. We talked about this last week, I believe. I would have to assume Kenny Omega is winning that belt. And I don't know how you get it off him. This is always the issue when you're trying to build brands and you build them together. This is why AWA and, and all other companies can get together in the early eight, late 80s, early 90s is because they can decide who would get the belts and who would, and who would unify titles and this and that. And I get it. You have to protect your brand. You have to protect your company. This is helping impact and it's helping. I mean, I don't know how much it's, I don't know how much it's helping AEW. I don't. I just assume it's helping them at least be able to mold and show that, hey, we can work with other people. We don't have to be standoffish and be in competition with everybody. Um, but I'm looking forward to this match. Uh, to me, Rich Swan has proven um, to be one of the better impact world champions. Uh, but his time, to me, has come up. And Kenny Omega needs to be draped in all gold. No funny finishes, no screwy finishes. Just Omega beating him one, two, three with the one wing angel. And then all of Impact needs to come together to get that belt back. Because I would have to assume he's going to lose that belt before he loses that belt, that AEW championship to Hangman Adam Page. So, looking forward to that. Will Ospreay, congratulations to him as he won the Japan Cup. And I actually want to do my research on him right now because I saw this and I had like. Um, the notes all like screenshot and everything I did and then like I just lost it somehow so I wanted to actually see who he beat because I didn't get a chance to watch it actually I know how I'm going to watch it I'm actually going to watch it uh, Monday Um, but I haven't watched any of it yet and so I wanted to see who who he beat. All right, one second. Oh, he beat Takagi. Oh, okay. All right, so I'm looking forward to that now. Um, I was gonna, I was keeping myself spoiler free on it. You know, I know who won. But I wanted to tell you guys, in case you guys didn't have the opportunity to watch it, or won't have the opportunity to watch it, because there's so much wrestling going on right now. Um, but I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to watch it this Monday. And also, just this was just announced the other day. They have unified. And I don't think I talk about this in the show, but they have officially unified the, in, uh, the New Japan World title and the New Japan Intercontinental title. Big mistake, in my opinion. The lineage of the Intercontinental title is just as important as the Intercontinental title in WWE, in my opinion. And um, I just think it's foolish to do that. But anyways, um, the new world championship will premiere, will debut, excuse me, March 28th, supposedly. So we're going to see a look at that belt as I record this tomorrow. Because I'm recording this on Saturday. So by the time you guys hear the show, the new championship should be revealed. So that's going to be interesting. We might talk about that next week as well. Um, so congratulations to him. Batista is no longer a part of the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, apparently, his scheduling issues 
if you ask him, but it also feels like WWE wants to induct Batista when he can be inducted in front of a live crowd. Uh, and some people said to me, well, isn't the NWO a bigger draw than Batista? That could be true. I mean, and that's actually probably is true. But they were last year, and unfortunately, I'm going to use a term that's going to sound disrespectful, but I'm not meaning it to be disrespectful. They're throwback. All of the class of 2020 is complete throwback, but they need they want to honor them. That's why this is being pre-recorded. So at the end of the day, to wait another two years to induct people who are already in the Hall of Fame as well. Like, Kevin Nash is already in the Hall of Fame. This is his second time going in. X-Pac, his second time going in. Hulk Hogan, second time going in. Scott Hall, all of them are already in the Hall of Fame. So it's kind of just like, what at this point, it's just overkill. Batista has not gone in once. I would assume he's going to be in twice with Evolution. Um, and I would assume that's going to make Triple H a three-time Hall of Famer. Because he's going to get in for D. He's already in for DX. He's going to be in as Solo. And he's going to be in for Evolution. I would assume he is. Um, but anyways, it just makes sense. You know, Batista is a big name. And people will pay tickets to see him headline. Or even if he doesn't headline. I would assume he's headlining unless it's a bigger name coming in. But, um... Yeah, I just I I think it's cool. Um, and sticking with the Hall of Fame, we had two more inductees and one rumored. The one rumored we're gonna save um, because if if that's a hap if that's actually happening, I may use him for a match of the month. Um, we'll see. I'm gonna wait till this week's over, this upcoming week's over to see. But the Great Kali is officially in the WWE Hall of Fame. <sighs> Obviously, he had really bad knees. He wasn't anyone that I enjoyed to watch. He did become fun when he became the Kissing Kali. He was a former world heavyweight champion. He just wasn't good, <laughs> for being honest. But he was a very important part of the India brand to that company. And let's just say this. He was better than Giant Gonzalez. And I know that bar is low. Um, but that's just the facts. And... Um, so some people may feel it's not deserved. I think for his drawing power in India alone, it's deserved because he was a huge draw. He probably still is a big draw. He always was in movies, you know, stuff like that. So he had the appeal. So I think it's deserved just because if you're a draw, you're a draw, right? I don't have to necessarily like your work. Me personally, I didn't like Coco Beware's work. And, I, and, I, and he's in the Hall of Fame. I just, his work didn't do it for me, you know, um... However, they felt he was deserving enough to get in the Hall of Fame. You're not going to like everyone's work in the Hall of Fame. Roddy Piper didn't have the cleanest work, but his promo skills were, as the kids say, fire. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, um, I can appreciate it. Because, like I said, he was definitely a draw, at least in India. The second one, which came on the bump and as a surprise, it feels like they used to ask these guys if they're going to go in the Hall of Fame. But it feels like they know... Who they, who they just can kind of surprise. Because this is the second time they've shown videos and surprises them. And Undertaker is the one who gave the word to Kane that he's induct, being inducted into WWE Hall of Fame. Kane was, uh, as he's about to run for his second term as mayor of Knoxville County, uh, was fighting back tears. Um, what a way to come full circle for him, though. Kane went from being Isaac Yankum DDS. Get it? What Bobby Heaney used to say. Isaac Yankum, um, and a bunch of terrible gimmicks. He was the Unabomber, 
and Smoky Mountain for Jim Cornette. That's how he got noticed. Um, but being saddled with terrible gimmicks to then this literally year-long build between Paul Bearer and E. Undertaker, which then led to June, in the middle of Undertaker's world title run, second world title run, Paul Bearer tells him that Kane's alive. Now you just have this anticipation building for literally six months, five, six months. And Kane had the best debut in wrestling history. I don't care what anyone says. No doubt he had the best debut in wrestling history. When Shawn Michaels was bloody and laid out in Hell in a Cell, Undertaker's slashing throat, it's almost over. The lights cut, that music hits. And even though his music would evolve and get better, my favorite theme song of his, how it got the name Slow Chemical, is from his Slow Chemical theme, actually. Um, oh, funny story for anyone, because I've had people ask me, so I just I forget, to, I forget to address it. I got the name Slow Chemical because one day, most of you know I do music. I was driving to the studio with this artist. His name was Lyricist. We were doing some music. And I had no name at the time. I was going by DWB. I had no real name, no real stage name. So this so happened to be on a mixed CD that I had, or mixtape, excuse me, playlist, and um, that song comes on. So he skips it, and I was like, nah, man, I love this song, because I love that version of it. And so he listened to it, he's like, this is interesting. He's like, what is this? It's a wrestler's theme song, whatever. So anyways, I then drive to the studio, and so I start rapping him in the booth. This is an hour or two later. All of a sudden, I could, there's, a, there's a window, out the, the recording booth, and I can see him. And he, like, stands up, and he's, like, telling the engineer to cut the music. And I was like, all right, did I mess up? I was like, what do you hear? So he cuts the music. He says, hey, that's your name. Because he knew I didn't have a name. He's like, what's my name? He's like, Slow Chemical. I was like, no, it's not. He's like, dude, your style is so different. <laughs> you rap on beat, off beat, on beat, off beat, off beat, off beat, off beat, off beat, on beat, on It's like... It's all over the place. Your style takes a while to burn into people's into people's imaginations, into people's minds. They don't understand why they like you, but they know they like you. And he was like, dude, your name is Slow Chemical. So from here on out, I start taking the moniker of Slow Chemical. So that's my favorite thing about that. But anyways, the music hits. And all of a sudden, you hear that iconic call from Vince McMahon. That's gotta be... That's gotta be Kane. And um didn't know who this guy was at the time. He was big, he was intimidating, and he and, and he came in, I believe him and are the same height, but he wore heels and his boots to make him look taller. He throws Earl Hebner against the cage. Then he well, no, excuse me, he rips the cage door off. Boom. Which apparently was something they got from Smoky Mountain of Corn and Jim Cornette, which I believe. And he takes Earl Hebner, throws him against the cage. He gets in the ring, face to face with the Undertaker. The Undertaker just looks in shock. I think it's the first time, in my opinion, since the Undertaker's debut a few years earlier, the first time you saw Undertaker be human. Before American Badass, before all this other stuff. If it feels like it's the first time we saw Undertaker, like not the mythical character, you saw Mark Calloway. Then all of a sudden, you see the first of his powers where he puts his hands up and goes down the fire, hits the ring. Undertaker looks around, turns around, gets kicked into a tombstone, which is so much different than Undertaker. It's a faster style tombstone. 
And then all of a sudden you see Shawn Michaels roll over and cover him. And this leads to one of the greatest characters in WWE history. And one of the greatest associations between him and the Undertaker. Um, his highlights, we can't go through them all. But the, everything is so deserving for him being in Katie Vick segments, which we were never talking about here. That was a terrible segment uh, between him and Triple H. Between him going through that to um, him becoming the Intercontinental Champion a couple of times. Him becoming, a, I believe, an 11 and 12 time champion. He's a former world heavyweight champion, two times or three times over if you include the ECW title. Former Money in the Bank winner who cashed in on the same night. So many things he has done, like that you wouldn't even think he would do. Like, even him winning money. I remember watching it at someone's house, and when he won, I said, Kane, of all people, Kane. <laughs> it was just so weird at the time. And so it was just like one of those things that um, he just he's just been there for everything. Corporate Kane, you know, the reveal of him taking the mask off and choke slamming RVD and having that run. And um, it, it's just it, it's just some of the moments he had, like when he used the voice thing on his throat and him X-Pac were together. I still think him and X-Pac were the greatest. They were the, the, the best partners that each other ever had. Because it, it showed the human side of Kane. And you have the voice. And it's like, sigh. And it, the, the crowd popped hard. You know, um, if I had to guess or say, I can't tell this guy what his greatest moment is. I appreciate his work. Um, but um, if I had to choose one of his greatest moments. Huh. Let's see. I didn't think about this very well, very much. Excuse me. Um, I would have to say though, one of his, if not his greatest moment, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna do two. It's the night that he won the first blood match to become with the WWE champion, defeating Austin by hook or by crook. Doesn't matter. Defeating Austin in the fashion he defeated him. In the middle of perhaps one of the hottest runs, no, not perhaps one of the hottest runs in wrestling history, to take that belt off him for even one day, establish that character so much more than him losing to the Undertaker. Like we are at that point in time, this, the streak wasn't a thing, but it it didn't matter. But for him to to beat Austin and to shock that crowd, and this thing also at the time he had only one arm exposed so how are you gonna make this guy bleed there was no way for austin to win austin was literally screwed vince screwed austin and um i don't know just for that run was so important though because it just it, that 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 win was so important just establishing him as, as holy crap this guy just beat austin like yeah if you if you're a historian you know how he won but to see him have that belt and see him like just defeating one of the greatest of all time. If not the, the as far as greatest of all time, I mean, as far as popularity, you know, if they want you want to buy skills, but probably the most popular, definitely the most popular superstar of all time. It was so important, dude. And to me, that's, that was one thing, but also the, just the debut, 
in the follow-up through the debut, you know. And according to Jim Cornette, Vince said, if he, if Glenn Jacobs does not have the killer instinct on this, we're cutting him. Imagine that. No Kane in the WWE. You take away a lot of moments. You take away a lot of um, championship runs. Like He had some great tag team parts. Him, him and RVD were great. Him and X-Pac. But you do take away a lot of moments in wrestling history that are, to me, crucial to wrestling. Kane is a huge part of wrestling. Congratulations to him. Much deserved. Um, oh, yeah. And finally, I saw some, this, and I think it was a big deal, but maybe I'm wrong here. Um, apparently, Peacock has removed some offensive content. So a couple things they removed was Survivor Series when Vince McMahon used the N-word with John Cena. We walked up and dapped up Cena and was like, what's up, Monica? And he did that. Apparently, that was edited from the Peacock Network and also the Roddy Piper, bad, speaking of Roddy Piper, the Roddy Piper Bad News Brown match where he was in blackface and doing the disco fever dance, which no one understood what he was trying to symbolize. Um, according to Roddy Piper on his DVD, he said he was trying to be Michael Jackson, but no one got it. Um, yeah, that I never seen Michael Jackson do the dancing fever dance. You know, I've never seen I've seen him do the moonwalk, but not the back and forth disco fever dance. Um, it's funny because people were saying how, like, this is not what Peacock's, um, what they want to allow. Because I guess there's no age restrictions on Peacock yet. I don't remember seeing this stuff on the WWE Network after a while anyway. I remember them editing out that scene that, that scene with him and Vince, Vince and Cena anyway at Survivor Series, I think 20, 20, 20, 20 was it, was it 2007? Or two thousand, whatever, doesn't matter. I don't remember seeing that on the network after a while, um, and I and I know that the Riot Piper match was on there. I believe it was off and on, but there was also age restrictions on the WWE Network, so you can watch it. Um, but Peacock's got to get over themselves. If you want people, if you want those WWE fans to come to this thing, I'm not saying these two things are gonna be a thing that's gonna make people say, "Up, oh, well, I'm not ordering." No, that's not it. But I'm saying. There's a lot of offensive content on there. If that's the case, you shouldn't be having the Trish Strash doggy style scene on there. That needs to be taken off. If you want to get technical, air quotes, you know. But they need to have a, a, a age restriction button so the people who want to enjoy that content can. I'm not saying they're wrong for it if they want to enjoy the content. doesn't matter. But they need to get over themselves because most of the attitude there was quite offensive. The PP thing with Valvinus having his PP cut off, offensive. No way, no other way around it. So I don't look here, dude. I don't know, but um, yeah, that was, that's one way to end the show. But um, anyways, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Hope you enjoy your week. Hope you enjoyed this Monday show. This t- Wednesday, we will talk about episode one of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I actually already recorded that. So I may add episode two on it. So we may get the scratching sound. I think I may do episodes, episode one or two this Wednesday. We'll see if I have enough time to record that show. Um, if I do, we'll figure it out. But um, anyways, that's the show for this week. I am the slow chemical. This is I see things a little differently. And we are out. <laughs>